Welcome back. It's episode two of Tuning Time, your favorite podcast. Yeah. It's uh, your host, Nick Antonides, with uh, co-host, Patrick Oaks. Yeah. Hi, Patrick. Yeah. Episode two. Uh, you know, feeling good, feeling fresh, ready to take on the episode. Um, and this is brought to you in part by uh, Chungo, <laughs> who says, uh, it's a five-star review. He says, good shit. Thank you, Chungo. Thank you, Chungo. Uh, keep, you are. keep the questions coming. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that it's that kind of stuff that we need to keep going. That's so. right. Um, a couple more housekeeping things. Yes. So here we are in episode two. Our first episode got a pretty good response. Yeah. We have a, a grand total of 63 streams on oh SoundCloud my. thus far. I don't even know 63 people. And um, we had a, a bunch of comments on last episode, too. Um, most from one, seven of them came from Bradley Beck. Thank you, Bradley, for your questions and your comments. Um, thank you, Brady, my little brother Mm. (laughs) for your questions. Um, and another thing, I don't know if any of you noticed, but we have, uh, we have a logo now. We do brought to you by Patrick's wonderful girlfriend, Aaron Fanning. Thanks, Aaron. She is. It's awesome. Unbelievable. On top of being a swimmer, <laughs> uh, majoring in music, something, playing the piano, she is just an amazing uh, artist, <laughs> visual artist. That's which right. I, it just, yeah, blows me away. But thank you, Aaron. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. It makes us look real professional. Yes. Oh, speaking about being professional, <laughs> we now have... Pop filters. Yeah, we do. Those peas are extra crisp. Now, are you going to do a demo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big ass piece of chicken. <laughs> Big piece of chicken. Hit him, hit him with your mic. Hit him. So this is what it sounds like with the pop filter. Yeah. Paperless, pennyless paper clips are pretty popular in this peculiar part of the planet. Yes. And then without it. Have fun reciting that. Ploopy poop a Sorry about that. Yeah, that was just <laughs> nasty. But anyway, yeah, we have we have pop filters. Uh, hopefully, it sounds better, and we're gonna work on <laughs> it. It did clip. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, we have pop filters. Hopefully, more professional. We also have a little uh, Buddha sitting here. Yeah. Some people also told us that the sound on our last episode was a little bit quiet. So I think we should be good with that yep. this time. Uh, we're we're learning how to do this as we go. Yell at us if it's not. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Tuning time. To tuning time. Yes. Let's get started. So we're going to jump into the topic instead of taking 30 minutes to get to it like last time. But okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this one. This is Patrick's idea. Uh, it's album art. Yeah. Just in general, album art. What makes it good, bad, some memorable ones. Um just yeah so i came up with this idea to do an episode on this earlier this week because i was thinking about how important and maybe even underrated album artwork is because it can probably make or break somebody's decision to buy a record or at least or listen to it if you don't buy records um but i was thinking about it and i know a lot of times where I will be more or less interested in an album 
simply because of the album artwork. And maybe that's lieu of me. Maybe that's kind of a little bit to judge a book by its cover. But I think that is more important because it means there's definitely something to be said about the attractiveness and the creativity of the visual representation of, of your music. Absolutely. Yeah. The one, the, the one thing that comes to my mind when I think judging a book by its cover is a little album called Passion and Warfare by Steve Vai. <laughs> the, he's, his music is so good and he's so talented, but literally if I wish you, we could, we could show you guys, maybe you could look it up along with us, but this album art Passion and Warfare literally looks like uh <laughs> photoshop just came out and <laughs> you know they tried to throw it there's fire in the background there are mountains there's like a little illuminati symbol above his head <laughs> and just weird angels everywhere what year did that record come out um let me look it up but uh yeah it just doesn't really look that good july of 1990 yeah that makes sense yeah well the thing is i think it fits the music pretty well because there's definitely some a bunch of crazy shit going on yeah i mean there's there's um for lack of a better word there are some cheesy sounds on that on that record in the the earlier uh to early 90s steve vi stuff um but that that was just a sign that was a sign of the times definitely cheesy yeah um and the, the album matches it uh to an extreme <laughs> yes okay so uh that was that was just one that piqued my interest that i wanted to talk about do you have any that... um well one thing that i was thinking about is how so i'm a i'm a big jazz fan as anyone who knows me would know um but a lot of, at least in the earlier, earlier years, as in the beginning of recorded music until the 1960s, late 1960s probably, um, album artwork really was not all that creative. Mm. I mean, most of the time, I feel like people just kind of slapped their name on the front of a record. Maybe there was a picture of them. It maybe said who else was playing on the record, uh, and maybe some cool colors, but like yeah. that was it. Yeah. Um, and not that that takes away from the music at all, because I go back to the music for that. I was not drawn to it by a good or bad album cover, but it's just kind of interesting to see how much more important that uh, that aspect of it has gotten in the past. 40 50 years yeah and especially uh with like when music was tangible like you had a you know a vinyl album or some cd yeah you know you pop that baby down you you see it in the store you know next to all the other albums and you look at it and the first thing you see is the album art yeah and you know maybe oh this looks cool is a good band you buy it you throw the record down on the turntable turn it on and then you open up the vinyl uh casing the the actual case for the record and then it has like the lyrics and stuff on the inside so yeah. you find yourself notes yeah like looking uh at it a lot more often or yeah a lot more often than you would expect yeah and in today's day and age we have an unlimited supply of information that we can go find about 
whoever it is that we're listening to most of the time. But if you think about it, if you were a kid buying records in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, um, you probably didn't have that much to go off of. You really just had what was on the album that you bought and maybe what you had heard or read in like a magazine or a book. Um, but if you're kind of finding a new band for the first time and you buy one of their records, your whole impression of who they are and what they're all about and their aesthetic and everything is everything that you find in the album. Mm -hmm. So all you get is the album artwork, maybe some pictures on the inside of the, the actual case, uh, liner notes, the font that the lyrics are written yeah. in, <laughs> if they have that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it, which I think is almost cooler than having everything just out there to go find today because I think that it made artists work hard to build an image for themselves using yeah. a minimal amount of resource. It's all just its own little presentation that, yeah. like, it's how the artist wants you to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, with uh, just, like, album art, too, people make posters. Yeah. And, like, if it's cool, then they'll hang it up on their wall. <laughs> I'm and, looking at uh, the Dark Side of the Moon poster right behind you. <laughs> yeah. We're looking, <laughs> looking around in, in our studio, my basement, <laughs> and uh, there are posters everywhere. Not all of them are of uh, albums, per se, but... Some of them are. Well, let's talk about Dark Side of the Moon because I think that might be the most famous album artwork of all time. I agree. And if not, then it's certainly one of the most famous. Um, and honestly, I'm not really sure why. I mean, obviously the record is famous because it's just that good musically. But people really have a strong association between that prism and Pink Floyd. Mm. And I bet there's a reason why they chose that. Um, and I could probably find it on the internet somewhere in an interview about why they chose that image specifically. But the, the kind of minimalism, like 2D minimalism that they use in there is something that I think a lot of people have tried to copy. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think I, I, I can't think of a lot of albums that, looked like that on the front that came before dark side. I right. mean, maybe there were a few, but I think dark side made that cool. Yeah. I think that is like you said, the minimalistic kind of thing. And then also the wall. Yeah. That one's really nice. How it's just white bricks and then the wall <laughs> written on it in pig Floyd. Um, but yeah, you know, every concert you go to, every other shirt has the, the prism on it. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> A thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, synonymous with Pink Floyd is that prism. Yeah. Um, and another band that uh, creates kind of minimalistic artwork, in my opinion, is Wolfpack. I yeah. wanted to talk about that because um, it, it all is just so simple and nice to look at, and I think it fits their music pretty well. Um What's the new album called? Is that Hill, Hill Climber? Hill Climber, Hill yeah. Climber. Um, it's just a bunch of straight lines that creates like a mountain range. And I think it's really cool and it just fits really well in the little Spotify square that it has to, uh, <laughs> has to work with. It's very modern. 
It is, yeah. And like all of their albums are just lines. I guess every picture is lines, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking through their discography right now and you have 2016's The Beautiful Game where it's just a dude on a soccer field. I don't even know if that's one of the band members or not. It is. Um I think. They they have a pretty a pretty cool vision. Fugue State is just this dude holding holding guitar and Joe with his bass. Is yeah. that Joe? I can't even tell the dude's so small. <laughs> um and then Thrill of Arts that one is it's like hill climber but square it's like hill climber but it's just a box yeah it's very cool um i'm just looking at them right now i don't know what else there is see all of these albums are really confusing almost because they don't really tell you anything about the music per se but they i think looking at their releases from 2011 to now I think that it has definitely built themselves an aesthetic. an aesthetic. Yeah, and uh, with that, like with Wolfpack and on on YouTube, all their videos that they have up, it's just a uh, you know a pretty flat colored background with just like one or two people uh, just cropped, mm-hmm. and it's it's I think really simple and nice. And every time I see that, I'm I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and excited <laughs> to click on that video um just because all their music videos are really good mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's just another minimalistic band for all their artwork so does that draw you to if let me phrase it this way but can you think of before you were an avid Wolfpack fan mm-hmm. did you go through their catalog and pick what to listen to first based off of cover work um that's not necessarily what to listen to first but definitely like i'd hit shuffle on spotify and then uh you know a song from like thrill of arts would come up and then i'd really like it and then i'm like okay I, now i know that any song or let me phrase it you're this more way. likely to listen to other ones from, from that, that album. album yeah so you're associating it but almost not necessarily because of the, the work, art, their work itself, but just because I know it's the same album. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I also am a fan. of... What's the soccer one? What's that one called? The Beautiful Game. Yeah, yeah. I also really like that one just because <laughs> I play soccer. But that's just me. Um, yeah. And then, like my first car. That's a great. That's a great picture <laughs> from Volk. And you guys should look all of these up if you aren't familiar because they're just great. Wolfpack is just a great band. Yeah. Where's the other one? Oh, uh, Mr. Finish Line. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on on the opposite side of the spectrum, I wanted to... Uh, there's a Pink Floyd album uh, called... Uh, what, I don't remember what it's called, actually. Was it Animals? Which one is it? I bet it was Animals. The Piper of the Gates... Oh, um, just kidding. Of Dawn. <laughs> that one... And... Uh, Let's see. What, what was the other one? Saucer Full of Secrets? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one uh, is yeah. another one that just reminds me of chaos and <laughs> like what was going through their mind when they were creating that. I have it pulled up right here. It's just really confusing. You don't even weird. know what it is. 
It does. It doesn't look like a saucer. Yeah. <laughs> Not to my eyes. You can definitely tell it was the late '60s. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Piper at the Gates of Dawn really captures what that album sounds like pretty well on the album art. Yeah. It's of the face, but it's this copied image of the face all over the front of it. It's kind of disorienting. It's confusing, and then you listen to the music, and it's kind of disorienting and confusing. Or mm-hmm. it definitely would have been when when it came out in whatever year that was 1966 789 yeah whichever one of those it was 196010 <laughs> <laughs> um another one that i wanted to talk about is the new tedeschi trucks band record ooh can't wait uh so for those of you who don't know tedeschi trucks band is one of my favorite bands of all time for sure mm-hmm. um co-led by susan tedeschi and derek trucks uh who are both just unreal creative powerhouses yeah in the, on the music scene right now um i think this is their fourth studio record that's coming out next month um it's called signs and they just released a single uh yesterday or the day before and the album artwork is beautiful i was talking to a bunch of people actually about this uh yesterday it's just i'm partial to it because I'm an animal guy and there's a bunch of animals on it. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, just really, really stands out to me. The color contrast is awesome. I'll, I'll describe it since this is a audio podcast. Yeah. Um, but you have this orange sky, this crisp orange sky with some dark clouds. Mm-hmm. And on the lower half is the ocean with this deep turquoise blue color and the ocean is full of these animals. There's dolphins and swordfish and sea turtles and squid. And some of them are holding instruments. And that just... And then in the top left corner, it's Tedeschi Trucks Band. Yeah. Signs. <laughs> it just... It, some fin, aesthetically, fins it in the really, background. It, appe- it appeals to me. And yeah. I th- part of the reason I think this is so cool is because... Again, for those of you who don't know, Tedeschi Trucks Band is a big band. There's 12 of them. Uh, on stage and it is definitely a show to be seen so you should you should go you should go watch them play music it's yeah it's pretty cool but um they're a uh they're a gang all right mm-hmm. and this album has all these little animals swimming through the ocean some of them are holding instruments and one of the fish is ho- holding a uh, a record yeah there's an amp the squid has a guitar yes um but this really calls not only to their to how big they are as a band but aesthetically it fits them very well and if you haven't heard the single it's called hard case um give it a listen Mm -hmm. but it it sounds happy and it's it's kind of melancholy the lyrics and uh from what i've heard in interviews about the album it's a pretty emotional album but this album artwork just captures it so well mm-hmm. because the animals make you happy, but the colors are almost somber is the best way that I can, I can describe it. Or maybe, yeah. maybe the animals don't make everyone happy. I guess not everyone likes <laughs> giant squid, but I, I just look own? at this and my mood boosts significantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's also Derek trucks. Yeah. Love Derek. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just because I know it's Derek <laughs> playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so another one uh, that I wanted to talk about was uh, some of the Marcus King band stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so 
we have just the album, the Marcus King Band. That's the, uh, it's a black background with a lion mane, and it's just, and then just the Marcus King Band and this nice, like, goldish, uh, yellow color. And it's all, it's all either that color or black. Yeah. And I think it's very nice, and I, I like that it doesn't have, yeah, on, you know, Spotify or whatever, it's a, it's a square, <laughs> but, um, albums where there's not like a defined border so if if you just slap that logo on a black wall you couldn't tell when it starts and ends sure that's why i like simple stuff like that and i think that's another thing with dark side of the moon also a black background and i never thought about that yeah there's no border it's just like that we're both also very very big marcus king fans yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then another uh, simple one by them is was their Due North EP. Yeah. That was very simple. And and then their first uh, album, Soul Insight, was a little bit more uh, busy. It's just Marcus Marcus's uh, SG guitar laying in a field propped up against a few Fender amps and then his hat on top of one of the amps. But that definitely captures the aesthetic of that first record really well. For it's sure. It's a very guitar-y record. Yeah. It's very bluesy, almost bluegrassy. Um, and there's grass. <laughs> there is grass there on is the grass. album cover. <laughs> yeah. um, but they really moved away from that look in all the subsequent releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that has gone pretty much parallel to their growth musically, that yeah. band's growth. Because yeah. the, after that record, he got his horn section. Uh, his um, songs started to become a little bit more nuanced, uh, sometimes more complicated. Um, he's maturing a lot as a musician. Um, I've been a fan of his for two ish years. Yeah. And the amazing thing is since he's so young, it's actually been three years. It's been three years. Yeah. What? Oh, it's 2019. Isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I remember you brought over, uh, the Marcus King band record and we were in this basement on this this (laughs) ping pong table and then you threw it on. And then I was just like, what is going on? And it was was January (laughs) of 2016. Huh. So it's been even longer. That's three years. Yeah. Yeah. But since then, so that was right after that album had come out, after their self-titled album had come out. It came out October of 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, where was I going with that? Oh, sorry. Um, when I first started listening to them, I think Marcus was 19, 20 years old, which is horrible because I'm going to be 19 next year or this, this year. year. It's 2019. 2019. <laughs> um, but listening to recordings of him from that time period and him now is like night and day. Mm-hmm. He's 21 now, maybe 22. I think he's 21, but he is maturing so much as time goes on and to be able to hear that in real time is pretty rare uh i think because not not a lot of people get that big break at right 19 years old (laughs) even though he had been gigging and playing out with all sorts of crazy people for years before that Mm -hmm. love the guy (laughs) but back to album art yeah (laughs) uh also 
for Marcus King, Carolina Confessions. What? what? Released uh, 2018. It's step away from the simplistic look. Uh, it's I, I really like it. It's just this little rundown shack in the middle of the woods with a little chair in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we saw him last year, uh, that was draping. That was before the album was fully released, right? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Dude, I can't keep track of anything. <laughs> we uh, cause he played some of the songs and the uh, like. He had a giant um oh. drape behind his behind the stage. I remember of the Carolina Confessions album cover. And it was just like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it's about to take us for a ride. <laughs> we were in the front of that. We were, mm. we were what a so, what a good concert. We were so close to Marcus. I, <laughs> the lad was beeping and bopping. <laughs> I was feeling good. Mister Oaks was with us. My dad, love him. <laughs> <sighs> that was that was just great. But yeah, Carolina Confessions, good album, uh, good album art as well. Yeah. Um, and then another artist that I wanted to talk about for album art, I don't know how much you know about this, but I spelled it wrong. Wait, it was, uh, Logic. I will know nothing and, about uh, this. Yeah. The, I wanted to bring it up because all of his artwork is like was drawn and it's none of it's like a picture. So we have... Uh, this album, I, I really like the album art on this. Um, what's the record? The Incredible True Story. Okay. It's, uh, it's just that. Uh, and then it's, I've seen that before. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just a drawing of Logic and a few of his mates in a spaceship. <laughs> and the drawing is really good. I think it fits the, uh, the story told by the album really well. Yeah. Um, just kind of him taking off and leaving his troubled past. Um, and then... Another one was Under Pressure. Uh, that was 2014, I be- do believe. It's just him painted on a wall, yeah. which was cool. Um, and then, oh, what was the next one? The Both the Bobby Tarantinos, one and two. Uh, once again, their drawings, and just so beautiful. The color palette that uh, whatever, whoever the artist is, the color palette that they used is just just unbelievable um and just that's pretty fits his fits his music really well and then his most recent young sinatra uh four that one isn't a drawing but it's a good good picture of him so that's that's good but yeah he doesn't have too many albums on spotify to look at as of right now but uh i i just really appreciate that None of them are pictures, and it's just unbelievably well done, uh, like realistic renditions of yeah. him. And yeah, but you know who I'm not that big a fan of for their album artwork? Who? John Mayer. I agree. <laughs> Adore the man, but his I don't, I don't I can't think of an album of his where the artwork really impressed me. I. That's such a good point. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. My favorite record of his easily was the last one that he put out, The Search for Everything. Mm-hmm. And it's a great record, but I like the drawing, but it's, it's a, just it's a like, good drawing, but I don't know what he was going for. 
I mean, I guess it kind of fits the, like, it's a very chilled out record, and that's a very chilled out drawing of him. That's another one without a, without, like, a defined border. Yeah. And it's not super serious, but it's not super lighthearted either. Um, which is fitting, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't draw me in super well. Mm-hmm. And really know. none of his album artworks do. I'm looking through his discography right now and you look at the early 2000s stuff and he was just really, really early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I like room for squares. I think that was creative. Yeah. See that art. one I think is the most 2000s one he has. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think Inside Once Out, even though that was 99, looks very 2000s. Yeah, it does. Um, Heavier Things, I think, is is fine. And then I like Continuum because it's very simple. Yeah. And See, uh, Continuum does that minimalistic thing. Yeah. Uh, but back to the search for everything, like if, if you guys know the picture – it's uh i'm looking at it right now i don't know what that like shoelace thing around his head is <laughs> maybe maybe he's getting measured for a hat maybe that's I think a, that is a measuring tape maybe it's just a little measuring tape he's about, about to get himself a nice hat for the money he makes off of this album he uh, could have a lot of hats and then like it looks looks like a an eighth grade class had a had a good time drawing a bunch of shapes line designs line designs in the background <laughs> Teacher hands you a piece of grid paper and a ruler, and it's just like you have four hours go, and uh, that's what they create. Like one of those, you know, one of those like graphs that yeah, with that you draw with a compass. It starts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it starts in the middle and then goes out, and then it's just all symmetrical. Big shout out to Line Designs. Shout out to Line Designs. Shout out to Mr. Slater. Uh, and uh, was it Elam? Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Elam. She was the. She's these are these are elementary school teachers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening to this. No doubt in my mind. Um, I like New Light, how it's very retro-y. It's kind of... That song in and of itself is like very 80s, and I think that this picture looks very 80s. Yeah, he was definitely trying to cop some kind of aesthetic. So, yeah. Some, I guess, humor-tinted vision of the 1980s mm-hmm. and uh because it has that sound that song has a pretty retro kind of sound to it um it's a great song but I, i'm talking from a production standpoint and then there's that video i love that is one of the <laughs> one of the greatest videos on youtube i think and the story behind it's great and also big shout out to new light Big shout out. Music video. Big shout out. Go check it out. Tell them uh, Tuning Time sent you. Anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) we need views or listens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, What was I going to say? Part of New Light was uh, recorded with Prince's guitar. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, One of the just like breakdown or bridge sections of the song was recorded with Prince's guitar. And I think that that just is all the sweeter. Yeah. Because it's an 80s song. As if you needed more things to make it retro. Yeah. Um, there was another band. Okay. Aqueous. I really like Aqueous's album <laughs> art. Uh, their newest album, Color Wheel. Also, another album where uh, there's no defined border. 
and it's a black and white picture of a dude, but his face is cropped out and replaced with a very vibrant, uh, like splatters of paint yeah coming out of his face and it's just really nice see i see i see dark side influence in that album cover. oh for, yeah this is black for and sure. then there's this color toward the center yeah um maybe maybe they're not trying to copy but obviously they knew that similar. it worked yeah <laughs> yeah um and then giant something also by aqueous i think that one's beautiful i haven't seen that one just a bunch of <laughs> it's just flamingos a bunch of flamingos that's uh, perfect flamingos in a the the background's a beautiful blue sky with uh <laughs> i haven't noticed this until now uh the clouds are very <laughs> cloud in the background creating a phallic image uh in the beautiful blue sky with some green vibrant green grass at the bottom and just plastic flamingos everywhere i love flamingos we love flamingos here on the tuning time podcast uh and we love aqueous um what are the other uh let's see what time are we at we are at 33 minutes okay sick yeah we're keeping this one shorter that was Mm -hmm. our number one complaint is that the last episode was too long yeah and uh also soundcloud charges you once you get over 180 minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh well we'll figure that out once yeah. we get there. <laughs> cross we that have, bridge when we, we get to it we have about 120 minutes left yeah we'll be fine mm-hmm. this this podcast ain't going anywhere that's Don't worry. right um another one by uh aqueous willie is 40 i love that that name is just fabulous anyway it's uh just a lamp in the middle of a dark room it's simple that is very simple. Yeah. Um, all of Aqueous's artworks and album covers are just very nice. To throw opinion. it back to the 70s, um, probably something a little bit more well-known, uh, Steely Dan's record, came, this this record came out, I think, 1977, 75? I'm not sure. Uh, but Asia, the Steely Dan record Asia. Oh, yeah. Do you know that one? I do. I have it right here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really even know what to make of that, but <laughs> it definitely draws me in. There's a little face at it, the top. It's intimidating. It's scary. Yeah. The font is really serious. Mm-hmm. It's Asia. Steely Dan. That's right. I and think there's uh, a streak in the middle of it. And like, the, the album is so... Looks like torn wrapping paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a good collection of songs. Yeah. Let's see. Love Steely Dan. Also, uh, can't can't buy a thrill. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another. Uh, <laughs> just takes me back to the Steve Vai <laughs> one. Even though it was this one was 1972 and Photoshop definitely wasn't a thing. <laughs> I guess Photoshop wasn't a thing in the 90s either. But oh, you know what? What's a what's a cool one to talk about? Hmm. Have you listened to Adam Neely's band Sungazer? I have not. Okay, so they've put out Adam uh, Neely. By the way, is a well. I guess you know more about him. What is he? He's a he's a a YouTuber. Yeah, he does music stuff on YouTube. Does he? Is he on Spotify? His band Sungazer is. Okay, that's. that's He has he has one released under his own name on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Uh, but any uh, 
jazz musician that has been on the internet ever probably knows who Adam Neely is. Um, kind of a meme, but he knows that and is in full recognition of it, so it's cool. But check out uh, Sungazer's album for Sungazer Volume 1. Oh, is that... That's cool. So it's this stone man. It's a, well, I should preface it with saying it's a pixelated image. It's like an eight bit aesthetic. And it's this stone statue man just standing with a blue sky and clouds in the background. And their music is really, uh, electronic heavy. There's a lot of synthesizer stuff going on. There's a lot of sampling going on. Um, it borrows from I don't I can't even begin to try to call it a certain genre. It's 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 just its own thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think is for the better. But it definitely that captures the aesthetic so well. It's bright. Well, the the sky is bright, but the guy on the cover is dark, and that that blend of colors I think speaks to the trade off between seriousness and lightheartedness that you can find on that record. And then they just released Sungazer Volume 2 uh, a few days ago on the 7th. And uh, check out check out that one. Oh, it's the same. What? <laughs> <laughs> you have the it same... It looks like a meme. <laughs> yeah, you have the same statue Colossus guy, but now the sky is red and he has laser eyes. <laughs> and it looks like it was the a deep fried meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty um, good. And I, I just, it, it, again, it captures it perfectly because mm-hmm. that, that digital part of it is there. Um, I haven't listened to this record yet. I've only heard one song, but uh, man, the, he just goes ham. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Another, another one. I think we're going to, this will be our last band. It's getting close to 40 minutes yeah. already. Um, but... There are a lot to choose from on the topic of Rush. Yeah, true. Uh, I think every every album art that they have is so unique uh, to the you know to that sound. And considering how many albums do they, they have, so many albums, thirty five, and they're all I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but they're all just so different. I love. Uh, I think my favorites i have two moving pictures that's just iconic and uh test for echo i don't necessarily really uh i i I certainly wouldn't put test for echo as one of my favorite albums (laughs) but the album art is just i i think really really cool um it's this stone structure in the middle of an icy wonderland with the blue sky and the structure is in the shape of a person and there are small little people climbing it and it just says rush test for echo see rush is one of those bands where i definitely got drawn to certain albums first by their cover art mm-hmm. um hemispheres oh yeah. for those of you who don't know hemispheres it's this man standing on top of a brain <laughs> reaching out or Nake, he's, and he's naked yeah He's reaching out to another man and it's just so confusing and it totally draw me, drew me in because, okay, first of all, hemispheres is kind of a geeky word. So what's this all about? And then you look at this album art 
and you're like, man, there must be some serious stuff going on here. This guy looks pretty sad standing on top of this brain. And then you look at the back and you see that the first song is 20 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> you're like, man, this is heavy. <laughs> I haven't even listened to it yet. This is yes, really heavy. Yes. That's that's my favorite Rush album. Yeah. Um, but me being the the science fiction fantasy nerd that I was when I started listening li- when I started listening to Rush uh when i was approaching middle school or late uh elementary school years um that's what drew me to it i was like this is something i identify with this geeky (laughs) nerdy fantasy sci-fi aesthetic is something that appeals to me that i didn't think anyone else thought was cool but obviously these guys thought it was cool (laughs) be it in 1977 yeah yeah and then also on that just like what is going on uh a farewell to kings as well <laughs> it's just uh a torn down well i guess it makes sense a farewell to kings you're saying goodbye to uh i guess kings <laughs> and uh it's a picture of a king his crown fell on the ground or i don't know if a destroyed a, castle a girl or something a queen but they're anyway they're sitting in a gold throne their crown fell off and it's just a broken building around them so i guess that makes sense but See, I think they did a really good job of getting the balance right between out there and intriguing. Because if you make your album art too random and too weird, then people are just going to be kind of weirded out by it. And it probably won't be able to capture any kind of interest. But with that, they they got their aesthetic so correct in that. Well, correct is a really bad word to use. But they, they played their cards so well with their aesthetic that they managed at least for me and my experience with listening to them, it drew me in enough to make me want to listen more and to learn more about what was going on. But it wasn't so out there that I was too confused to even start. It was, it was a perfect bait. Yeah. Which is probably the key, honestly. I'd say, because that's the first thing you see before you hear anything. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did this before I released any albums. (laughs) We know. Yeah. We know what to talk about. That was, I think that was Alexa going off. But <laughs> anyway, it's been 42 minutes. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll stop there. Yeah, might be time to to wrap it up. But uh, yeah, just album art. There's so much so much to talk about. We could probably go on for a lot longer. Yeah, but leave comments on Spotify or on Spotify. I wish leave comments on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, and, tell uh, us what your favorite album artwork is. Tell us why you like it. Maybe yeah. you liked some of the ones we brought up. We brought up a lot of kind of obscure stuff mm-hmm. um yeah you probably I mean, not obscure but would have had to uh look <laughs> looked a lot of it up if you followed along <laughs> yeah but uh let us know what you think mm-hmm. uh hopefully the sound is better like we said and follow us on twitter yeah follow us on twitter uh at time underscore tuning uh-huh. just look up tuning time podcast follow us on soundcloud um yeah i think that's about it i think that's we'll it. see you next time for episode three yeah We'll see you guys. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.